a conversation with Adrian Adamescu about board games and faith on today's episode of Board Game Faith, the bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersection of religion, spirituality, and board gaming. My name is Daniel Hilty, and I am so grateful this hour to be joined by my good friend. What's he going to say? <laughs> Well, I'm the good friend. <laughs> You're both my good friends. No. You took so me by Taylor. surprise there. Yes. That you're yes. mentioning Kevin. Yes. I'm one of his good friends. His other good okay. friend is. Well, I am honored to be here and thank you for the invite. Yes. We've got Adrian Adamescu, who is a board game designer and uh, just to we we're excited to have our first board game designer and to discuss with him uh, his life and how he became a board game designer and how that's interacted with his spiritual life. So welcome everyone. Absolutely. Day. And just an, a, a wonderful person as well. We're, we're uh, grateful to have you here today, Adrian, and grateful Thank to you have for you having me as always, Kevin, as well. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> So, uh, Adrian is a, a great person for a lot of reasons, and one reason is he was willing to engage in a uh, a tradition here at uh, Board Game Faith, which is uh, having a just a totally silly, nonsensical skit to uh, start our episode. If you've listened to our podcast before, uh, you may remember, you probably do, uh, that we are a clap-on activated podcast. We really can't get started until we get a clap. And if you want to know the reason why, just listen to episode number three. And so as a way to build up to that clap, uh, we often have a skit, uh, uh, an improvised skit, as will become uh, obvious very quickly. Uh, there's been no practice that's gone into this skit as, at all. And, uh, it, and where we mash together a, um, a, a setting, like for a movie, uh, and a board game. And, and we, we improvise the setting and this board game, and it has to lead up to a clap, uh, which then gets our episode started. And today, um, uh, Adrian and Kevin and I have been exchanging emails, and we have settled on uh, the, the setting being that of an extraterrestrial uh, space cantina, uh, a la Star Wars, if you have seen that in... in in, uh, in episode four, the famous uh, Star Wars Cantina scene. So we're, 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 we, are, um, we are set in an extraterrestrial space cantina, and the game is a game you may have heard of, the, uh, the wonderful Sagrada, uh, which just happens to be a, uh, a game designed by Adrian Adamescu. It just so, so happens. Just so happens. What are the chances of that? It's we amazing. did a random number generator, and that's what came up <laughs> on Board right. Game Geek. That's right. The the universe wanted us to talk about Sagrada yes. today, so um, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. So we're gonna have a skit um, set in the cantina, a totally um, non practiced, and uh, we're gonna play Sagrada somehow, or at least start playing Sagrada, and uh, and then in a few minutes we will. Uh, clap um, to get us started. Does that all make that sounds good to you, Adrian and Kevin? Sounds yes. perfect. Okay, then here we here we go. The setting a long time ago. I have uh, I've come through the desert this this desert planet of uh, of hot mitt. 
Mick, Mick Hotville to uh, to this cantina here, and uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to find safe passage to uh, to the planet of uh, of uh, safe McSafe place. Um, hey, there you barkeep. Do, do you know any place that I could get a passage, please, to off this this desert planet for me and my droids? No questions asked. Well, uh, I got to tell you, sir, there's some strange orders coming down from the Empire. They, oh. are, they are demanding mm. that mm. this city of Moss Eisley on Tatooine develop more stained glass in its architecture. It's an imperial initiative to uh, make the people more cheerful because they're so thirsty and hot. Stained glass so, on Moss Eisley. Stained glass on Moss Eisley. That's a great idea. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm afraid before you can leave Moss Eisley on a spacecraft, you're going to have to uh, come up with the design for stained glass. Well, if, if uh, only the there chief was... engineer is standing right here from the Empire. Uh, oh. His name is former Darth Lord Adrianakis. <laughs> uh, hey. Former Darth Lord. <laughs> Hey, uh, very nice. Go to ahead, meet you Adrian. Forward, Argus, tell us, <laughs> tell us more about how we do this. Well, I have received an order for Jabba the Hutt. He's also very <laughs> interested in stained glass windows. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> his bathroom is very dark. And he wants right. more have color. Have you seen his bathroom? It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it must be. It, it requires a lot of. <laughs> Support for the don't, uh, don't think that. about how it. Don't think work? about how it. How did Jabba? Don't 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 don't, oh, don't, don't go there, Barkeep. So so you've received an order from Jabba the Hutt, right? Dark, Dark Lord Adrian Adrian Nikus. I'm sorry, I, I forgot your Adrian, name already. Adrian Micus. Adrian Micus. <laughs> I yes. believe. <laughs> I think you're saying it wrong. But go ahead. It's your name. Okay. <laughs> so we are supposed to play this silly dice game. Mm. And his bathroom window will look exactly the same as the winning window of I, our it, game. It makes sense. I Doesn't like it. it. Yeah. And then we can submit this winning stained glass window to Jabba, and uh, and uh, and get safe passage then off off the planet. Let me make sure this uh, this I makes sense to here to my to my flight. Uh, to my flight first mate here. Is that is that okay? Is that okay with with you, big guy? <laughs> that was zombie Chewbacca. You're so much better. So how do we? Uh, so how do we play this this game, uh, Adrian Micus? Oh, you roll these dice, and you're supposed to place them on this grid, never okay. placing the same color uh, adjacent to each other so it oh. will be a five by four grid mm. but and these are the objectives that Jabba the Hutt has requested us <laughs> to play <laughs> he's a wily one that Jabba yes and one piece of advice here never play a dice game with a Jedi <laughs> he he will <laughs> They will always change the dice on you when you least when you least expect it. These aren't the dice you're looking for. 
I win again. <laughs> why, why do the Jedi's keep winning? That's good. Exactly. It's great, great advice. Yeah. So I, 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 I guess we should make sure that none of us are Jedi's. Is that right? We, we're all. That's 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 exactly. Do you think a Jedi'd right. be bartending? No, all I do no. is watch people on their cell phones. That's I, all I do. I'm, I'm not a Jedi," said a little person on the in the corner. So, well, he's clearly not a Jedi either. All right. right. So we've got some uh, we've got some dice here, and uh, do do you want to sh- shall I roll them, Adrian Adrian Micus or, or? Here. I'll I'll roll right here. Oh, oh, good, good. I got this fancy dice tray. Oh, Ooh. this is a this is a fancy Ooh. cantina. There we go. Made nice. So we have a, it looks like we have a, a red six. Oh, 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 we've got it right here. Oh, we've, we've got actual dice. We've got a purple six, a red four, a blue five, an orange two, and a six. I can't quite see that color in the corner. It's yellow. It's yellow. yellow. It's yellow. <laughs> Kevin's doing a mind trick. <laughs> I think he changed the dice. It's it's now a five yellow, which is very suspicious because I see a five in his oh. grid window. Oh. Are you sure you're not a Jedi, sir? Well, <laughs> I have been undercover for a little bit. My name is uh, Han Molo. Oh. <laughs> Are you the Han Molo, the one who won the uh, just, uh, Kessel Run in under fifteen? I, I, well, I'm his second parsecs? cousin. Second cousin. Second cousin. Second cousin. Of Han cousin Han yeah. Molo. Just much, be, much. Be very much careful, worse. though, because I heard uh, Greedo, the bounty hunter, is looking for Han Solo, oh, and what, what, your name's being what? so close. Oh, the pressure. I've got to win this game and get off this planet. That was like so bad I'm embarrassed. That no, was, that's, that's actually pretty good. That's, that's exactly like him, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. All right, so, so I'm going to place this dice here, and oh, it's got some points going on here. That's not orthogonal, so you, is it? I'm good. That's not orthogonal. Now, I, I, I'm also, so, so Kevin, you drafted first. Adrian Michaels, who goes yep. next? Got my two dice. Julio uh, will go next, and then I take two dice. Uh, and I guess I, I will take, I will take the other, the other. And now I assume, I, it seems to me, Adrian Micus, that eventually I'll have to place one color next to the same color. Won't that happen eventually? No. If you plan it correctly, it will not. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm going to place my two dice here. What do you think? Is this is this in line with Jabba's? It looks like a winning window to me. <laughs> but secret mission. But- Bam! No. Plays it down. <laughs> oh, you had purple as your secret color. Oh man. Oh man. Oh uh, well. Yeah, you know, imperial tradition. I've won the game, so you'll have to clap for me. All right. Hey, good job, imperial. <laughs> One, two, three. Clap. 
All right. <laughs> oh, I was Adrian. wanted to get let the Wookiee win in, but I can't. Oh, we should have got Can any can either of you do a Wookiee? I can't do a Wookiee. I don't, I don't know. I'm not even Is, going to try. <laughs> Z Garcia nice. on the on the 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 Dice Tower podcasts and the Dice yeah. Tower uh, YouTube channel, he can do a fantastic Wookie. Really? Um, well, yeah. somebody must because somebody among his many it, talents. Right? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, Adrian, if we anybody needs any more evidence of the fact that you're just an awesome human being, mm-hmm. uh, it is it is the fact that you just engaged in such silliness with us thank you so much for yeah for this we really appreciate yeah. it that was so fun. well thanks um so we're going to do more formal introduction now um we are so excited as we said earlier to welcome adrian uh, adamescu to the board game faith podcast um adrian as you've already heard uh is the board game designer of um uh, sagrada uh which is an amazing game um, uh, a, a game that I play a lot, and uh, I, I got to say, also, Adrian, I think it's the the board game. Well, I know it is. It's the board game that I that I play the most on my in the app version as well. I play that all, right. all the time on my on my podcast. Uh, but not just Sagrada, uh, Dice, Theme Park, Seven Summit, Speakeasy Blues, Creatures and Cupcakes, many, many more games. Um, uh, Adrian, we're just and we're just so grateful to that you took time out of your busy day as a designer to be with us. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. And Adrian, were you born? Was this something you did as a five-year-old was board game design? Um, maybe it was always in me, but, uh, cause I always liked games. Uh, you know, I liked playing with my parents, with my sister as a child, all the classics, you know, I was in the chess team when I was in high school. So, I mean, it was bound to happen, I guess. Do you think so? Do you think that someone who plays games will always want to design a game? Maybe? I don't know. For me, it was... Uh, well, I'll tell you how it started since, since we got here. Um, when we got married, my wife and I, we were looking for a hobby. So we went out shopping and uh, found a couple of board games that we liked. And we got we got into it little by little. And our collection started growing. And we pretty much played every night, especially after our first daughter was born, um, because we weren't as free to go out and a movie or a dinner. So that was that kind of became our favorite hobby. And one evening, we we played a game that had a designer's biography on the back of the box. And I wanted, I was thinking, wow, maybe maybe I could do a game. And my first, I asked my wife what, what it should be about. She said about, it should be about architecture because that's what she loves and that's what she does. <laughs> and uh, uh, I guess my first game was just, I was trying to impress her, <laughs> just making a game, <laughs> and it took off from there. Hmm. And I remembering right that 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 first game eventually turned into Speakeasy Blues. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. The the game that I first worked on later turned out to, to be Speakeasy Blues. Yeah. Hmm. Once That's I so joined cool. forces, once I joined forces with Daryl Andrews. Which we co-designed quite a few. Daryl, 
Yeah, he seems to be someone that you work with a lot as a code as 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 a co-designer. Yes. Yes. Yeah, great, yeah. great. You know, Adrian, that's something as you're just talking now about, you know, how you got started as a board game designer and um I know I heard you talk about this in another interview that we watched um uh, someone did an interview with you. And I've also noticed this in your social media that that family just really the story of your family is really important in the story of, of you as well, that just uh, your, your games, your designs, your, um, what seems to give you meaning and joy in life. It just revolves a, a lot around yeah. your role as, as father and husband. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I fair? said, it's, yeah, yeah, it's very fair. It's, it's, it's our favorite hobby. It, it brings the family together at the table. Um, you know, yeah. sometimes, I just bring a game to the table and everybody joins. Even if they say no originally, my kids are like, okay, let's, daddy brought out a game. So uh, it's, you know, you want to disconnect sometimes from, you know, uh, you stare in front of a screen all day working and then that's that's the way you can connect with your kids, with Mm -hmm. the family. So I think it's it's important for us. You're also a chemist, is that right? Yep. Yeah, I'm a scientist. I still work as a researcher part-time. So I do that on top of my game design. Right. Yeah, so you have a PhD in chemistry, correct? That's correct, yeah. And speak many languages. Yeah. (laughs) I I was born in Romania, yes. So I... And I also lived in Germany a couple of years, so I picked up German along the the way. So uh, I... uh, I still so practice it a little about bit. That. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. If you don't mind, maybe just sharing just a little bit as much as you're comfortable, please, with like how, what's, yeah, what's your, your story kind of in a nutshell? Like how, how, how is it that you came from Romania to, to Germany, to Canada? What did that journey look like? Please? And, and include the religious journey too. Yeah. Yeah. What, what yeah. was, what was your religious yeah, upbringing? Yeah, try to fit like? it. Yeah. So, um, as a child, I was brought up uh, Christian Orthodox uh, in Romania, but uh, I, I don't think it was a big part of our lives back then. Uh, I mean, I learned how to say my prayers at night, uh, this type of thing, but we weren't going to church or it was still important, but not as important as it became later on. And when we moved to Germany uh, for a couple of years, we have met a wonderful American family uh, with three boys that invited us to uh, their home. Uh, they were very kind and uh, we, we you know we were the immigrants, kind of the poorest of the poor in Germany. So we always wondered, you know, what, what is it about them that uh, makes them so special and they care about us. Um, uh, funny story. I was first, uh, introduced to American cuisine, the hamburger, <laughs> uh, for the first time as a child, <laughs> um, when, uh, did you like it? Oh, of course, of course. Um, so we, we never had that in Romania, communist Romania. Secret. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Little secret contains no ham. <laughs> All right. Pure beef. <laughs> Um, so, and, uh, 
we we were invited to church to go to church with them and uh my my father was very interested uh also to practice his english <laughs> so uh, but he always wondered why um so they were part of uh, the american army stationed there in germany so my 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 father always wondered why would you know these these high officials officers in the american army care about some immigrants who you know like i said we were the poorest of the poor um so and i mean it became evident once we started going to church with them that they were uh just practicing what they preached you know they uh uh loving their neighbor and taking care of the poor and so on i it became you know that christ's message was really a part of what they were living mm-hmm. yeah so that was uh the germany experience uh and later we i moved to canada as a teenager i i went to high school here i went to university here uh i wanted to become a teacher for the longest time so i wanted to have uh, you know a second teachable which was m- m- math and science so i had to uh, so i was able to teach i took both math and science as an undergrad uh but then i liked the science world the research world and i continued and i did my masters and my phd and that was i did my masters and phd when uh after i got married so i got married in between started having kids and uh we have four kids right now. Wow. The youngest is five. So it's it's nice to get the little one at the table too. Uh, he plays as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I really I really started appreciating six player games because it's just <laughs> having everybody at the table is amazing. So I'm gonna try to very many. I'm, yeah, there aren't many, and it's tough to make it work for six players too. And it has to be light enough for the family and not too long. And so it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start designing uh, with that in mind. To have. Uh, Do you have any any six player games for that works well for uh, all ages that that you especially recommend at this point? Yeah, we played the Dixit a lot, uh, and the kids mm-hmm. love it. All all that idea about storytelling. Uh, we recently played mm-hmm. Tiny Towns. That was really good. Uh, my daughter loves Love Letter, and the new edition of Love Letter plays up to six. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, th- those were great games. Sagrada with the expansion <laughs> plays yes. up to six. Yes. yes. I had to slide yes. that in there somehow, right? That you no, should. you have to say yeah, that. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I I love the story about this family that you got to know in in, in Germany, and it it sounds like it sounds like they have had a yeah they've had a big they impact had an important in my parents' yeah, life yeah. and our lives and yeah yeah um was that so when you kind of saw in them this this um interest in kind of living out their faith in ways of you know caring for others and reaching out for others i mean is that is that something then that kind of influenced your your views of religion and faith kind of from that point on uh, was that was that 
probably one of yeah, was that an especially formative point in your spiritual journey? Yeah, I think it was a big part of my parents' journey. So I was around ten at the time. So it it okay. did have a big impact on me too. But it's mostly my parents because that's when you know that's when they decided to uh, follow Christ, start attending church. So because of that, mm -hmm. their decision back then, I started. Um, I started going to church. I I loved working with youth. Like I said, I wanted to be a teacher at some point. So I, yeah. I became a youth leader um, uh, at That's our weird. church. And what, yeah, what I denomination always, of church? Uh, we, we go to a Romanian uh, church here. We found uh, we found a Romanian Baptist is, church. Is Baptist that we, yeah, it... yeah, a Romanian yeah. Baptist yeah. church. That, That's great. It's very local here. Mm -hmm. And is, is that the church you were attending or the type of church in Germany? I'm not quite sure what well, it might've been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it was, That's great. Maybe, maybe it was more non-denominational because it was more for the army uh, that was stationed there. So might've been Baptist, but right. I, right. I don't know if they had a specific denomination. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 So as someone who um, has religion, faith, spirituality as an important kind of part of your story, and then as someone who has games uh, and game design as an important part of your of, of your story, you know, this this is kind of what our podcast, what we really kind of especially love to, to talk about on this podcast. Have you seen places in your lives or just kind of in reflecting on your own life where those two parts of you overlap i mean where you know do they where does where do games and spirituality or faith meet for you or do do they meet for you yeah i think i think they do um so first of all i think we are created to be uh to create we were created in god's image mm. uh that's what we believe uh, god the creator made us in his image so we were meant to create as well and we as soon as people touch an environment it changes uh, there's mm -hmm. you know you see buildings architecture paintings music uh, sports whatever it is we were made to play and to interact with each other and to socialize and we care about beauty and art and many times when you look at a game that you really love and it's it's amazing you you think about the mechanics and it's wow and uh, you think of it as a masterpiece you know the, your favorite games just mm -hmm. yeah. so um so there's that component um, of game design uh, there's also something that i've been thinking about recently um I have, so seeing the designer behind the design, um, I was very excited once. I, I Blockus used to be one of our introductory games that we got started with, and we played it online. And one one evening, um, we were playing Blockus, uh, me and my wife against some other person in the room. And all these people started joining the chat and the, in the room that we were playing Blockus. Uh, and uh, I, I asked the question, why is, why is everybody here? Why, why are they watching our game? 
And uh, they said, well, do you know who you're playing against? And I said, no, I have no clue. And it ended up being the designer uh, of Blockus. <laughs> Uh, and wow. yeah, and I was so excited. I asked him a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. He, he, he's a PhD scientist as well. Um, and I, I asked him about the, a bunch of questions about he, how he got started, how he, uh, came to be inspired to, to make the game, um, and things like that. And I mean, I was, I was thinking that, wow, I was so excited to, to beat the designer of a game. But imagine how much more interesting it would be to meet the designer and creator of the universe and this wonderful mm -hmm. planet oh. we live on. And uh, so, you know, there's, there's yeah. that aspect as well. And so many times I think about inspiration too. It's like, where does it come from? Sometimes it just clicks. And it's not like I was thinking about it before. It's such a mystery to me, getting inspired to to create something. To those ideas just seem to pop in your head, and you have no clue where they come from. And I think there's there's a divine component uh, to that as well. Um, and just mm -hmm. to give you an example of how I made Sagrada, uh, I was driving, and the idea just popped into my head. Um, and then I drove directly to the nearest local game store and bought a hundred dice and tried it out, uh, later showed it to Daryl. <laughs> wow. And I mean, it, it is, it is a mathematical game at the base. Uh, I, I took a course in, in, uh, graph theory where we learned about the color theorems and so on. But, and that's what I was trying to do, but that inspiration just came while I was driving. I don't remember what I was doing when I was driving, but it just popped into my head. And I think there's that, that, uh, hmm. So you started I, with the mechanism. Yes. It really yeah. began with the mech. You saw the mechanism instead hmm. of a game looking for a mechanism. Wow. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. And the game wasn't. And was the we theme there already? Yeah, no, the the theme came later with with Daryl. I when I went, made the game, the, the the first inspiration for it was uh, it was about mosaics or something like that. And but it was more purely mechanical. Mm -hmm. For those who aren't familiar, what we mind just explaining what is the name Sagrada referred to? What is what is that about? Uh, so it means sacred, but there is this uh, cathedral in Barcelona the Sagrada Familia and, uh, and I mean, the inspiration came the same, the same to Daryl as it came to me to use this theme. Uh, he was visiting Europe and in his last day in Europe, he visited the Sagrada Familia and he said, man, I walked in and I saw dice in the windows, <laughs> you know, so to, like, because I showed him the game before he left for Europe. And he somehow remembered it oh, when wow. he walked into the Sagrada Familia. So, and then it just clicked the two, the theme and the mechanics, just, uh, we brought it together to, to create the game. So, uh, yeah. I, I love, you know, one of the first 
the first thing you mentioned also in terms of spirituality and, and, and religion and game design is a sense of, you know, being created to create. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I love, I love that idea. And this, you mentioned on, um, you know, kind of thinking of your favorite game is kind of, you know, this mass, these masterpieces. I remember this in this other interview that we watched of you in preparation for today. And I think, I feel like we should give that interview credit. What you mind? I'm sorry. What's the gentleman's name again, please? Uh, Bogey. Bogey. Yeah. Bogey plays. Bogey plays. B-O-G-H-Y. If anybody wants to. Yeah. Yeah. An excellent interview. But I remember you, you said in there that, um, your favorite, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but something to the effect of your favorite games are those, whether you win or lose, where you can look at the game afterwards and yeah. you can see that you've created something. That's exactly right. Like right. Oh, I love those games. Yeah. 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 And Sagrada is such a great example of that. I mean, I, I have felt that playing Sagrada at the end of it, where it's like, look at this, look at this beautiful creation that yeah. I've made. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I, I, um, so that really seems to be a big part of your design and your spirituality and your, 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 the games that you like this, this idea that, um, it's a little miniature exercise in creating something beautiful and good yeah, kind of in, that, the, in the world. That's sort of, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. It's still there. We, we just played tiny towns and, um, a couple of nights ago. And again, I lo- I liked looking at the little town I built at, at the end of the, yeah, of the game. Yeah. And this is what we found during while we were playtesting the game. Our playtesters, yeah. um, so when we were playtesting Sagrada, our playtesters kept taking pictures of their final window, even in its prototype <laughs> form. So it wasn't it wasn't looking pretty, but they were feeling this sense of accomplishment wow. when they finished. So we knew we knew we were onto something when that's great. When that happens. That's great. Yeah, that's so great. That that games can really kind of um, touch upon that need that's kind of built into us to create, to to yeah. to add to, um, yeah, beauty and goodness in the world. Yeah, and, that's and, right. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, and, and mentioning also this idea of, um, you know, the designer of the universe mm-hmm. and, and creator of the universe and the sense of inspiration. Um, I mean, is there a sense sometime that, you know, like, well, with the idea of Sagrada, I mean, it, it almost sounds like these are ideas that you almost kind of have a sense of like they come from. Yeah. Outside from of outside you. of you. Kind of I mean, that's. I guess a philosophical question or something theological, right. philosophical. <laughs> but I I am surprised myself at how how inspiration comes and flows, and sometimes it just clicks, and I have no clue, I have no clue where mm-hmm. it comes from, and it's it's pretty amazing. You, you mm-hmm. stay mm-hmm. there and you work, and sometimes you have these eureka moments, like boom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, the ancient um, Greeks thought it was nine mysterious, I guess, demi demigoddesses living on a mountain, the muses, right? So they mm-hmm. were mm. trying to explain something they couldn't figure out either, which is right. sometimes the muses give you something, but you can't yeah. depend on them. Those Greek gods are pretty fickle. 
So there, yeah, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Um, I, yeah. I, the writer Stephen King, it's one of the questions he kind of, I guess a lot of writers roll their eyes at it saying, where do you get your ideas? Cause they don't know. Yeah. Like he can't yeah. explain it. He just gets an idea and writes a book about it. Yeah. Um, Julia Cameron is the author of a book called the artist's way. And it's been a while since I've looked through that. And I, I, I think this quote comes from there, but I may be wrong, but, um, wherever it comes from, but it was the study of the word genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, one of you might know more about this than I do, so please correct me. But as I understand it, the, the, etymologically, the word genius comes from this ancient concept like of, of there was something that, a, a spirit that came from outside of you and kind of possessed you and and then allowed you to do this thing so that originally this concept of a genius was not oh this person is super inherently talented but this person has a kind of a spirit flowing through them that allows them to do things yeah um and it was just like yeah 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 that's so cool Mm -hmm. very cool well so knowing how important you know your uh family is and your gaming journey as well and i mean have you seen um uh any um uh, spiritual uh insights lessons kind of benefits in in family game time as well are there are there is there are there moments or times when those those things kind of come together also um in family time, yeah. Um, spiritual lessons from games uh, during, and there may not be. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think there are many. Um, for example, you know, some of those uh, fruits of the spirit, as as you might mm-hmm. call them, you know, patience and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, for for kids especially you know waiting their turn and uh you're always tempted to i've i've seen it with my little ones they're they're always tempted to cheat sometimes and uh, <laughs> uh get you know but um overcoming that temptation uh, because we the the game is more beautiful if you play it by the rules and yes. uh so that that can yeah. be applied to life as well, you know. If if you just want to have your own way, uh, you might get your own way, but uh, it doesn't mean you'll be happier or better off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're absolutely right. Also, I think that yeah. as a parent, it's it's such a rich lesson that the goal of this isn't winning. Ex- well, the goal is to win, but to win in the midst of playing fair and having a good experience and not being cruel to others, you know, not crushing them because you've cheated, et cetera. And every child leans towards simply wanting to win Mm -hmm. probably because they're kids and they don't have a lot of power in their lives. They're always being dragged here and there. They don't get to make decisions. So now they get some power and they're going to win, but that's a hollow victory. Right. Exactly. If you're, yeah. It's not a satisfying you start victory. to realize that's not a real victory. Yeah. It's, it's not satisfying. And also uh, satisfying is well played. You win. Yeah. And everyone is like, well, well done. Also, I think a, a spiritual lesson uh, that we can learn 
is, you know, you're dealt what you're dealt. You have your hand of mm. cards and you want to play them right and do the best you can with what you've been given. Um, there's, there's, I think, a spiritual lesson there. I mean, how much good can you do with what you have been given? We, it might not, I mean, the hand of cards that you are dealt with might not, you know, maybe you have more powerful cards, maybe you have, but playing it in the best way you can and doing the best good, the most good uh, out of what you have been given, what, what you have been dealt. I think there's a spiritual mm. lesson there too. That's so good. I love that. Yeah, the sense that, yeah, we are, um, games give us practice for um, not so much dwelling on the if onlys, you know, yeah. in life. Yeah, it's if I only had practice for not dwelling on a hand of right. a deck of 10 cards or more powerful cards, or if the dice didn't yeah. roll. You know, all sixes or yeah. all ones or whatever. Yeah. 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 Hmm. That's so good. I love that. Mm -hmm. It reminds me. I, go ahead. Yeah. And you can't know how much good you can do until you start playing, right? With what you have. Because mm. it might look mm. like there's not much, but once you get into it, there, there may be. I love that. Yeah. yeah, you're right. If you look at the deck of hands, uh, cards that are given at the beginning of a game, there's no way you can really see the future. Exactly. What this card will lead to, what this card will lead to. But, but if you're willing just to give yourself to the process and put yourself yeah. out there and play these cards, there's no telling what sort of good things. It exactly. Can and the combinations that can come out of it. And, uh, because only the designer knows, uh, you know, to bring it back, <laughs> <laughs> what, what's <Right>. possible. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the power yeah. Well, of yeah. luck. Yeah, the power of luck can be exciting all of a sudden. Right. Yeah, you yeah and it, it yeah brings change. joy too that you can do something with with maybe even a poor hand that you've been given. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As a designer, when you look at a game that you have created, I imagine. I'm just obviously I've never designed a game. I'm just imagining here. I, I imagine you know that through the process of designing and play testing and refining and developing, that you just get to know a game in and out. You know, and it it, it seems like that you'd kind of get to to know almost everything the game has to offer. And but I but I wonder, are there still moments for you, like when you're playing a game that you've created, um, that you know so well, where the game will just seem to almost kind of surprise you surprise you and to say like oh where did this come from I, i've never seen that you know i yeah. didn't know this game uh -huh. could do this in, in a game that you've designed and created has that ever happened to you or does that happen uh, yes i guess it does happen um but sometimes uh you are so tired of a game that you designed that you <laughs> <laughs> because you've played it so many times and tested it that sure. it, it's uh it's not one that you want to play over and over again anymore so <laughs> But, uh, for example, one surprise that I had is with Creatures and Cupcakes. It, uh, the, the theme was added by the, by the developers. So we didn't, we didn't do the theme. Uh, it was, it was 
the theme that was there originally was more about like a race sports type of game. Um, but I, I was surprised how well uh, the theme works for kids. Um, and uh, we've not tested it with kids, you know, like I said, and uh, uh, it was just a change that the, the developer decided to do. And it was, it was amazing. That, that was, that was great to, uh, it, it had such a big, I've played it since with so many kids. My kids took it to school uh, for their show and tells and for their games days and uh, people played it there. And uh, I've, I've played it with other kids and gave it gave it as presents and uh, so on. So I that that took me by surprise. That there was one of those yeah things that was unexpected when this theme could, could grow out of it. Yeah. yeah, and that that could have such an appeal for that audience for the audience. Right, it's so cool but that you had a mechanic and then the developers sort of stapled on a design that actually worked really well. Right, on the theme. Yeah. They took the mechanics. So you you tend to start with mechanics. It sounds like uh, all the time, there? but mostly yes. Not yeah, all the time. Not all the time. Sure. Yeah. But I think it's easier to change the the theme than it is to go back and. I mean, you might Probably. as well start another game if you're changing the mechanics. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. And. I wonder, Sagrada, how much math is there in designing that? Because you've got to think about probability and statistics. Yeah, the, you got to balance. They're like yeah. secret. You you got to have some balance. Secret, there, yeah. But, algorithms, or you, or is it mo is it through playtesting, or is it do you come up with formulas and algorithms to try to predict well, whether something is unbalanced? Um, you t you try to balance it. Just does it make sense? pretty much at the beginning, but then you, you figure out problems during play testing that you fix later on. The main thing we want to find in play testing, is it fun? <laughs> you know, is, are, are the people bored? Are they asking a lot of questions? Are they on their phones? Uh, you know, when they're uh, playing or waiting or so that, that can, mm -hmm. if, if it's not fun, if there, it doesn't excite them, you can, you can tell right away. And then you got to go back huh. to the drawing okay. board. <laughs> right. Yeah, we've had the ideas and I've had ideas that sounded so good in my head. But then when they, <laughs> when I brought them out for testing, just fell flat. So. Right. Interesting. Do you, um, Adrian, one of the, one of the many things, you know, we love about the, folks who listen to this podcast is, you know, some folks listen to this podcast because they're really interested in games um, um, and also religion. Uh, but sometimes some of our, our listeners listen to this podcast because they're more interested kind of in the face side and they don't know quite as much about games. So if you mind explaining, when you talk about developers, if somebody is really not familiar with the process of hobby board games or board game, what is a game developer as opposed to a designer, please? Yeah. Uh, and I've wore both hats. I've worked as a developer as well. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. usually the game designer comes with the idea, uh, the game mechanics, maybe the theme. Uh, and then once the game, once there's a publisher who wants the game, they sign your game and they develop it further. And th this is when they sometimes hire a developer or maybe they are the developer. And uh, the developer, first of all, wants to make sure uh, that uh, the game is balanced, 
that it's what the publisher wants. For example, like the theme uh, change for creatures and cupcakes um, that was added on, and maybe a few extra things that is better for their audience. If you want a lighter game, maybe you take some of the things out that the designer that the designer put in there. So, yeah, just uh, you know the rough edges, smoothing out the rough edges. I would. Uh, I would say mm -hmm. is what the developer does, and um, the publisher knows their audience, so they want the game to be for that audience. So, uh, if if they change the game a little bit here and there to make it more for their audience, then that's the developer job. Thank you. Yeah, so I, it really is kind of a house style. Type yeah. thing, yeah. For publishers, designers, yeah, and make, making and sure everything you know, is balanced and uh, works well. And uh, sometimes you're uh, when th that extra set of eyes uh, really helps a lot. If you have you know this blind spot in your design that you weren't thinking about, and it also always helps to have that extra extra development for the game just to make it better and to smooth out the, those rough edges. Yeah, obviously with creatures and comfort, uh, creatures and cupcakes that, you know, that seemed to work out really, really well. Are there, are in general, not nothing specific, but in general, is that hard when you're wearing the designer hat? Is that ever hard to think like, it's almost like this is your child, you know, like yeah. this is, oh, I've, I've, I've created this thing. Yeah. And then to turn it over to somebody else who says, well, we might change it. Is that, is that, is that hard or, or not? Uh, I've learned to let go and let the publishers kind of do what they want. We don't always agree. Uh, sometimes, sometimes we need to push back and say, well, we think this is better. Um, yeah. Um, I've had, I've had one game where, um, it was uh, the the theme was changed into some I won't mention it, but the the theme was changed into something I didn't particularly like. So, but I you know this is what the publisher decided, and uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. No, I, I can and I can imagine that I mean the kind of some, some spiritual yeah. realities the, the, the in that spiritual as well. lessons just, you know, there just, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just you know you, what you put out into the world. It, it always it, it isn't always necessarily always received or or yes or interacts with the world in the ways that you think right. and maybe that's hard sometimes but but maybe there's some maybe there's something that work at that too i don't know yeah, yeah that's that's yeah thanks for sharing yeah that's yeah. cool mm -hmm. well uh tell me if what's a game you're excited about right now that um that's not one of yours so what's something that you're excited about yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Agricola and Castles of Burgundy, and they both came out with uh, more deluxe editions. I I don't own any like deluxe games, but those are two that I I'm really excited to uh, to Aww. try out the the Agricola 15 uh, year anniversary. So the 15 year anniversary uh, is on pre-order for me. And uh, uh -huh. I don't know if you've seen the Castles of Burgundy, uh, the the deluxified edition. That's that's one 
that me and my some yeah some pictures <laughs> that looks so i'm i'm really excited to try those out and mm, get it yeah. back to the table like for me and my wife those were you know some of our favorites so those are memories, two that yeah. i'm looking forward to replaying i love wow. coming back to older games that i love it's it's always yeah. nice to try new things and see what's out there and it's important for a mm -hmm. game designer as well to see where the direction that game designs uh, that games take and what's popular and stuff but coming back to those uh, uh you know your first loves your the ones that you you uh experienced i, I, I like it too yeah. although i often feel so stupid because the first few games I'm trying to remember how to play the right. game. Well, halfway through, I'm like, this is the wrong rule, and then I have to start but, over. So I hate the learning curve of something I've forgotten. It even happens with my own games. I've I've had this <laughs> I've had this experience before where uh, it wasn't a very popular game of ours, but it, it I went to this uh -huh. convention or this get together, uh, and people wanted to play it, and I was there, and I was like, what? What? But it's been a a couple of years so i had to look through the rules and <laughs> yeah. that's great, that's great. Well, hold on a second i mean i i see hundreds of games a year i read rule books and yeah. design yeah, and sure. so yeah yeah what about you daniel what are you excited about oh my goodness um you know um that we're playing right right now um yeah it's something you're playing now or something that you're thinking about purchasing or have ordered yeah well you know what uh yeah i, I can think of one thing um um we um um i, I come on daniel <laughs> commit I, I'm, okay commit. i'm thinking i'm thinking I, God, there's so many choices right now but uh okay one i just because it's, it's in my head just from yesterday uh yeah. i um I don't do a lot of um, stuff online, but I, I did. I ordered a, a GNC uh, on Backerkit, uh, which I guess is a new crowdfunding game platform, or at least a new in, in that area. And this is the um, newest game by Char um, Chudik, the last name. Um, I need to look this up here. Um, so I can tell, I can make sure I am telling people right here. Um, um, by Carl Chudik, and and Carl Chudik is the one who did um, other games, um, uh, where he's known for his multi-use card games um, like um, Innovation and um, um, Oni. Um, no, it's not. Anyway, I'm excited about. I'm doing a horrible job of selling this game. I'm gonna have to trim this down, but, Daniel. No, you're doing great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I ordered a GNC, and uh, it was, and I'm excited about seeing that because it's okay. one of these games. And this is something I really like. Uh, uh, another mechanism I like odd is multi-use cards, where like, uh, you know, if you, it can mean this or it can mean this, or if you put it on the table and you tuck this card behind it and only have this little part showing, mm -hmm. then it can mean something else. And so apparently like you can put these cards out around the table and it represents different islands in the GNC. But then if you tuck some other cards underneath it, then it shows like this island is producing this good. And then mm -hmm. this island is shipping this good and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's so the interesting. GNC, like an ocean, this, the sea. Okay. I, I didn't know. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. First, so I was, was thinking I guess that's GNC, one like the supplement dietary GNC, like the initials. 
Oh, GNC. GNC. Yes, my GNC the game. That's yes. another game I That's backed that a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> you get uh, vitamin yeah, D Yeah, GNC the game was... General um, Nutrition, I don't know what it stood for. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what the pirate's I, favorite letter is? I'm guessing. What is it? You think it'd be yeah. R, but it'd be the C. Oh, uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> R, so R, 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 R. I was thinking, I was thinking it was R. Yeah, so how about you, Ken? Yeah, let's put him on the spot, too. Excited about yeah. Yes. Well, I asked. I, I already had a thought. I asked of uh, the ISS Vanguard. I it's the first thing I've backed online, mm. like through. Uh, what is it? The pledge thing. Kickstarter. There's a couple. A Kickstarter game Kick, found. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah. So it was like a year and a half ago, and it's starting to get delivered. And mm. it's the kind of thing. It's like an immersive space story narrative opera. And uh, mm. I've been watching some how to play videos. So it's weird that I ordered it so long ago and you almost forget about it. Mm. And yeah. then you get yeah. excited again mm. and you're like, oh, this is why. And so I hope it's going to be fun. Um, I've so heard good things neat. about that. Yeah. It looks pretty neat. So it, it's well, a, and I, th- I like a narrative. Yeah. Yeah. You, do, you are a big narrative game guy. Even though I don't cool. always finish them. So I have role player adventures and we're like at a certain point I run out of steam, but I do. Yeah. Pandemic Legacy Season 1 is just, in my mind, it's one of this, just, just the great game experiences yeah. I've had. Just where it goes and you open boxes. I just really like yeah, that. Yeah, cool. Well, I do think we should give Adrian a chance to say a game that is coming out from him. Yes. That he's especially interested in. So what what game, what Adrian Adamescu game are you super excited about it, that, you, that you can share? Maybe you can't share yet, but maybe that's coming out that you want our listeners to know about. Um, yeah, there, there are a couple. I mean, we, because you mentioned Legacy, we, we are working on a Sagrada Legacy type game. Sagrada, yeah. Sagrada Artisans. So yeah. That looks good. Like, so, yeah. The, yeah. And it, it involves like colored pencils. Right. Yeah. So, that's so, cool. so it's a, I love that's that. such a great play yeah. on Sagrada. Uh, Cause yeah. now there's a lot of other things you can do and it's interesting. It, it brings it a little bit, uh, full circle back because Sagrada was designed with uh, the color theorems uh, in mind. Uh, So the color theorems state that you can color a map uh, with uh, no more than four colors. Uh, You don't, so no colors touch each other. So, uh, and that's what I based the game on. And now it's with actual coloring and you actually have, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, it's going to be I exciting. Think that's amazing. Excited yeah, about that. Yeah. And and it taps into people not only who love games, but you know there are a lot of adults who like doing kind of coloring right. books too, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. and it melds that in ways I don't think I've ever seen a game yeah, before we, from what I I the impression I get. Yeah, that's we're, really cool. We think it's unique, so we'll we're excited about that. And you've got the creative artistry bit that you really like that you were talking yeah. about where yeah. someone has made yeah, something creating something yeah. surprise you just got an art lesson <laughs> <laughs> you didn't you thought you were playing the yeah. game so that is exciting and there was was there another one uh, yeah there was uh, a mist wind is coming out um to kickstarter early yes. early next year i believe and it's yes. been getting some uh buzz at the shows uh, I think at, at Gen Con it even won some uh, some awards um, for for uh, yeah I forget what it was for but it, it was it was also one of my favorites uh, game design wise 
it's and we we sold it to a publisher that is also the artist and uh they make beautiful mm. beautiful art and this idea of these flying whales uh that deliver that's I know. that's what it's about too so uh, it, it's set in this beautiful world i, I love these you know steampunky fantasy type worlds um yes yeah so th those are two games that i'm excited about it is may i ask are you able to say like that's yeah. so cool I, i'm excited too and we'll put I have links to, below I, in this yeah i heard about mistwind i looked it up on boardgamegeek.com yeah. which is a board game website for those of us who aren't familiar with it and uh and i just saw right. a picture of a giant <laughs> flying whale with what appeared to be like a saddle on the back yeah. or something and i thought this looks like an amazing game i've got i'm i'm oh, really excited about it. i had not heard of yeah. this actually i had not yeah. seen this i love that cover that immediately draws yeah. me in. yeah but it's flying yeah. it's not in water yeah it's it's flying it's it's in their food <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it makes them fly. Congratulations. Yeah, so that that's one I'm excited about. There's a lot of a lot of little card games that I'm also developing that I mean haven't found a publisher yet, but I think um and I'm also co-designing a few games with other people as well that I'm excited about, but they they're not out hmm. uh haven't been signed yet and but I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to seeing those someday out there wow that's awesome yeah. well thank we'll you so much and and this yeah. has just been really enlightening uh how can people find you on the internet what are some easy ways yeah, to i'm follow i'm uh, i'm on instagram and facebook usually a little bit so uh and also through uh board game geek uh, every now and then i get an email from board game the board game geek website uh you know people that have liked my game or have questions about game design and i've i've had a few as well and i've i when i was starting out i asked a lot of questions people that were into the game design world and that's that's how i got started too so i don't mind answering questions like that if anybody's interested about wow. getting into game design or yeah that's very Excellent generous of you thank you thank you yeah. um no this has been this has been great thank you yeah yeah it's um, been great thank, thank you so you much adrian for we having really me appreciate your, your mm -hmm. time and uh and on the next episode uh in two weeks of board game faith we're going to be talking about the second part of our our uh, book that we're going through by jane mcgonigal called reality is broken uh how Oh, I forgot the subtitle, but it's something about how games make us better or how games make the world better. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we're going to be talking about chapters 10 and 13. Does that sound right to you, Kevin? That sounds right. All right. So if, if you want to follow along, great. That's okay. But I'm going to. Chapter but if 10. you don't, but if you're not a reader and you don't you, listen anyway, we, we will assume no knowledge. But yeah, but yeah. reading along would, would be great, but it's also cool if you don't. Yeah, no, no pressure at all. And Kevin, how, how can people find us if they're interested in finding Board Game Faith? BoardGameFaith.com and uh, Instagram, Board Game Faith. And uh, we have a Discord server too. So yeah. we'll put links for that below. Yep, yep. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you anytime. We really um, appreciate 
you listening this hour. Thank you so much for letting us uh, spend a portion of mm-hmm. um, the day with you. We are uh, so grateful for uh, all of our listeners and this this board game faith community, and um, and just um, know that uh, that we we don't take it for granted that you you listen and tune in, and we're very thankful for you. And again, super thankful for Adrian. Um, yes. Check out his games; you won't be disappointed. They're they're great. A great person and a great and great games. T- teach us how to say goodbye in Roma, in Romanian. La revedere. Oh, one more La revedere. So it's like la revedere. La revedere yeah. See you again. La That's revedere. What it... Yeah, is that the vedere like to see in Spanish? Um, Probably it's yeah, Latin it's based. Latin based. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Probably. Arrivederci. La revedere. Yeah. La revedere. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. La revedere. La revedere. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> La revedere. Yeah. Kevin's got it. Kevin's got it. <laughs> La... I'm trying. La, 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 La revedere. Close. Yeah, well, I'll just let you do it, Kevin. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awkward because we don't speak the yeah. language. <laughs> Welcome to the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Great. Uh, I th- in in. Slovakian, it's ahoy, ahoy. which like, sounds like ahoy, like pirate. a pirate, like a boat. Ahoy there. Exactly. Yeah. So I, that one is the easiest goodbye I've found. We, we also say ciao. So ciao. Ciao is very yeah. universal, isn't it? I heard that ciao. in South America yeah. too. Yeah. Ciao. Yeah. It's an easy word. Our feeder yeah. saying goodbye. I do. I do. There we go. <laughs> and Canadian goodbye we... is where are my mittens? Next time we make a skit, there will be a sing along, right? <laughs> that's that's yeah. right. Next time Adrian's on, the setting will be the sound of music. And uh, we'll all be playing a live The hills are alive. That's right. With the sound of whales. Your stats are negative yeah. five. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Flying across the, the Alban peaks. Right. Um, Goodbye. Well, thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Goodbye.